And now, from glorious West Straden, recorded in beautiful stereo sound, this is a show. Okay, hello, this is a show. And actually, that's a lie. We're not from Glorious West Drayton, because today we are recording from Glorious West Hampstead. Yes, <clears throat> where the rich live. No, not quite. Where the, the rich and Ian. <laughs> where, where people who can afford expensive houses live and people who can afford to rent shittier places live, like me. Y- yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so we're sat on the bedroom floor recording this episode because it's the least echoey room in ian's incredibly echoey flat it's quite echoey isn't it why Um, (laughs) what (laughs) why did they make such high ceilings in these flats uh because it used to be a mansion because it's west Hampstead. (laughs) it used to be used to be a mansion and now it's like 12 flats um of varying sizes mine i think mine being the second smallest but that's of no importance or interest to anyone listening (laughs) Fantastic. So. Um, so we actually got some correspondence. Yes, this is a response to episode two. Um, so this uh, email is from James and he says, Hi guys, surely the best animal is the mighty honey badger. It's absolutely mental, fights lions and doesn't give a shit. Keep up the good work. Love from James. I put the love from him, by the way, <laughs> but I felt in spirit he wanted to say love from. I think. Yeah, I think that's what he was going for. I mean, I did look up, having read this email, I did look up the honey badger. And it does indeed sound like a mental animal. What can you tell us about the honey badger? Uh, basically that, like he says, it kind of like stands, it's great. It's known for being really aggressive, uh, but quite small. And it's not related to the actual badger. And it just kind of no, like, no. tries to beat up lions and stuff like that. So it sounds like the one of the most, it, it might win most mental crazy animal. But I don't know. If that's the same as best, so <laughs> yes, uh, a bit more obscure than some of our choices, I think. To be honest with you, well, yeah, that's true. Choice, but then animal, again, maybe. we <laughs> we just did it on the fly and just like, what's the best animal? Okay, and then we just thought of some animals. So they were all pretty uh, generic yeah. zoo animalish, weren't they? When we did it, <laughs> they were indeed. Um, I've got some more correspondence. Okay, uh, this time on Twitter at this is a show. 29 uh i ended up having uh quite a long conversation with uh lee uh on twitter um he was talking about our our, uh, segment on wrestling match stipulations in episode three last time um and he said this how about viagra on a pole match because you still had to win by pinfall or submission (laughs) (laughs) now i think we i i think we did briefly mention viagra on a pole uh, but it was more of an honourable mention. Well, there are many on a pole matches. So. Yeah, I I have to say I haven't watched the uh, Viagra on a pole match yet. I do like um, the um yeah the, the extremely elaborate wrestling matches, which have extremely elaborate rules, but you can still just win by pinfall or something. Yeah, I don't I, I don't understand. I mean, it. what is the point of having the Viagra on a pole? What does grabbing the Viagra on the pole have to do with the match outcome at all? I, I don't. I'm assuming there was something in the build up. <laughs> But, I mean, did you have to grab the... I, I think Lee has to explain this, or we could just go and watch it at some point, but I guess we should get into what the show's going to be about, really, shouldn't we? So, we have another interview today. We have an interview with 
another special guest. Her name is Izzy Gain, and she is a celiac blogger from the site glutenfreeinlondon.com, and she is going to talk about all things gluten-free and all things blogging. She is an expert in her field, and I have absolutely no prior connection to her whatsoever. <laughs> I can't uh, tell if you're being serious or not. I have but... absolutely no prior connection to her whatsoever. Was that a wink or a twitch? I wasn't quite sure. Uh, um, yeah, and that's all I can say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to start with that interview today. And then I, as usual, have my topic. And then for the very popular... Uh, Shit list or hit list or shit list. Hit list or shit list is the segment. So let's get into segment number one, which is our interview with Izzy Gain, blogger, celiac, and someone I don't know at all. Here we go. So hello, we are here for our next interview for This Is A Show, and I am joined by the immaculate Isabel Gain, Izzy. Mm. Why don't you tell the people who you are and what you're up to? Uh, my name is Izzy um, and I run a blog called Gluten Free in London in my spare time. So why, why, why do you blog, Izzy? Why are you running this blog? I started the blog because at the time I really wanted to do some creative work outside of my day job and I didn't want to do it for anyone else for no money. So I thought I would do it for myself. And I also wanted to share my experience as a celiac living in London and hopefully help other people who have to stick to the gluten-free diet. So for people who may not know uh, in the 21st century, though I'm sure a lot of people do, but they might not quite understand what exactly it is. Why don't you explain to people what celiac disease is? So celiac disease is an autoimmune disease which affects around 1 in 100 people in the UK and it basically means that a person with celiac disease, if they eat something that contains gluten, it gives them an autoimmune reaction which mainly causes uh, inflammation of the small intestine and various bowel issues and uh, also kind of full body issues like muscle pain, um, extreme fatigue, and just generally feeling really rubbish. Mm. That's actually uh, a good scientific explanation, <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. So why is it important to you that, you know, people should see your blog to, well, learn about celiac disease? Well, um, I consider that because I've had celiac, celiac disease for so long, I've had it since I was a toddler, I actually know quite a lot about it and I feel like I can help other people. Um, so I try with my website to give people ideas of where to eat out, places that are safe for celiacs to eat, and you know which products to avoid, which are the best places to go on holiday if you're celiac. Just, you know, trying to make life a bit better for other people. There has been a lot in the news in the past few years about how celiacs get their food. Um, and there's also the talks of um, stopping prescriptions entirely 
for celiacs who need a gluten-free diet because it's so readily available in supermarkets now. How does that make you feel, Lizzie? <laughs> um, well, it's a tricky issue. Gluten-free essentials were originally prescribed on prescription because they weren't available at all in the supermarkets. And by essentials, I mean things like gluten-free flour, gluten-free long-life bread, pasta, crackers, maybe things like pizza bases. Mm. I'm not talking about luxuries, really. Um, and also the cost of prescribing them was supposedly less than the cost of treating people with celiac disease for the long-term conditions which they would get if they didn't follow the gluten-free diet. However, that has kind of all changed since gluten-free foods became available in the supermarkets. Mm. Um, the trouble is, what is available to you varies completely on where you are. There are some people who live in rural areas who don't have that much access to gluten-free foods still. Mm -hmm. And also, the cost of gluten-free foods is very prohibitive. Um, a gluten-free loaf of bread, for example, typically costs three to six times more than a normal loaf of bread. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous, and it's not even guaranteed to be good, <laughs> so mm. that's quite annoying. Um, but basically, if you're on a budget, it's very difficult to buy gluten-free basic food mm. and particularly as celiac disease is a hereditary condition in a lot of celiac families there will be more than one person with the condition yeah. so you have to feed several people so now a lot of nhs trusts are cutting gluten-free prescriptions completely because their argument is that everyone should be able to buy it in the supermarkets but that's not true for everyone mm. So a lot of the emails you get from people asking, like, how do you find all this food to eat out and stuff? Mm. Is the same true for, like, going to the supermarket? I mean, in some areas, are supermarkets less readily stocked yeah. than others? Yeah. Okay. So I tell you what, let's, let's move away from the depressing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> My life. Oh, it's, well... <laughs> You can you can, let's let's talk about how you can lead okay. a good life with celiac disease, as your blog Gluten Free in London has shown with your many posts from your travels abroad yeah. and what you've eaten in and around London and in this country even. Um, I think a big part of why I started my blog was to try and find the positives about living mm -hmm. with celiac disease and be in touch with other people living with it. Yeah. just to find out, you know, what are the best things I can eat? Uh, how do other people cope with it? And how can I live better with it myself, mm -hmm. as well as helping other people? And I find it's getting easier all the time, in my experience. I know that might not be true for everyone. Uh, a lot of restaurants have gluten-free options, especially pretty much all of the big chain restaurants have a gluten-free menu or an allergen mm -hmm. menu. And there are restaurants like Niche, which are completely gluten-free, and bakeries and cafes like Beyond Bread, which are totally gluten-free, and good enough that you can take your non-celiac friends with you and yes. not feel ashamed at the shit bread. So, you talk about things being readily available. Now, do you think this is because 
of people being more aware of celiac disease or do you think it's because of this in inverted commas clean eating fad that people have well i think it's probably much more to do with companies seeing that gluten-free foods are popular at the moment and there's been a lot of cashing in on it i think Mm -hmm. for better or worse there are some companies that have done really well with that um They've created like a gluten-free version of their regular product, which is, you know, similar or as good. For example, if you look at Nairns, the oatcake manufacturer, Mm -hmm. they've created a whole gluten-free range, like gluten-free porridge and uh, crackers and all that. And I read today that having since having built their gluten-free factory, they've actually seen a big increase in profits just from that sector. Mm -hmm. So clearly it's working, Um, but there are also a lot of companies sort of cashing in without doing the proper research Mm. and creating quite poor quality products or products that just aren't really necessary. So things like uh, things that are already gluten-free, things like tomato sauces, for example, which wouldn't contain wheat anyway. There are companies making like supposedly special free from tomato sauce just and then charging twice the price for it that kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah along with the whole clean eating trend there are a lot of kind of you know granolas and healthy snack bars yeah the annoying thing is when those kind of products take over the supermarket shelf space and there aren't as many kind of cheaper staple products normal things (laughs) normal foods like that people who actually have to follow the gluten-free diet 100 percent need to buy well it always it it, it's always baffled me how uh people who are let's just call them fad eaters um do think that cutting out gluten is a healthy option i mean does it annoy you when people see a gluten-free lifestyle as something that's a healthy alternative rather well, than like just, a necessity um, for a celiac. Just the term gluten-free lifestyle mm. makes me quite annoyed because yeah. for people like me who have celiac disease, it's not a lifestyle choice. Yes. It's an essential medical diet. Yes. And growing up, I never would have imagined that it would become this kind of popular, sexy thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't. Um, celiac disease isn't sexy then is it no <laughs> um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword I think most celiacs would say it's a double-edged sword mm. on the one hand it's great because there are now lots more products because it's been proved that there's money in that area a lot of companies are making good products and a lot of restaurants offering gluten-free menus and that makes a huge difference to my day-to-day life however it can also be frustrating to be mistaken for one of those people who are choosing to eat gluten-free and then for example if I'm ordering in a restaurant and I say you know is this gluten-free if they don't take me that seriously and they think I'm just being a bit fussy they might lie and that has happened to me before and made me ill yes so you know that has real consequence for people like me yeah, so I think, it's quite frustrating i think that's something that um it's what well, your blood 
your blog, your blog <laughs> does, um, is highlight that celiac disease is an actual condition. It's an yeah. illness. Um, and it's not just an allergy. It's uh, an autoimmune disease, yes. um, which I think a lot of people see past. So it's it's something that really actually affects you right down to your immune system yeah. in your body which is a very important thing so I, well I think it's it's a bit tricky because with most food allergies mm. the reaction is very visible yes people have they might go into anaphylactic shock or get a big rash mm. or you know they'll be visibly ill but for me at least with celiac disease a lot of the symptoms are not really that visible mm. unless either you're me or you're someone I'm very close to yeah um, because, you know, I'm not going to go around telling everyone that I've got a horribly upset stomach yeah. or, or that I feel exhausted or that I'm, you know, that I can barely think straight. Mm. That's just kind of stuff that most people wouldn't see. Yeah. So it's good to kind of be quite open on my blog about the hidden side of it yeah. and making sure that there's that distinction between celiac disease and gluten-free dieting out of choice yeah um a, a lot of what people can't see um is that if you didn't follow a gluten-free uh diet then it would be it would be essentially killing you well um, it would because i mean i've lived through it before i don't remember it well because i was very young yeah but when i was uh, sort of between two and three years old I was so ill with celiac disease mm. that, you know, my parents were taking me to multiple doctors and I was very malnourished. I was, you know, I looked a state, I was mm. miserable, I was noticeably horribly ill. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I went on the gluten-free diet, it was a complete turnaround mm. and I became like any other child. What do you think uh, restaurants could do better or supermarkets do better to, you know, train people, to make people more aware um, of what, like, giving you gluten or other celiac gluten could actually do to people? Like, how do we make people more well, aware that this is an actual illness? I think if restaurants and cafes want to provide gluten-free products or options, that's great. Mm but they should be following the law, which already is in place to right. ensure that anything labelled gluten-free has to contain less than 20 parts per million of gluten. This law is really not being followed at the moment. Mm. So basically, the guidelines are in place, but they're not being followed. Like, for example, I went into um, Le Pan Quotidien in Highgate the yeah. other day, which is a London French chain of cafes. And I asked for some gluten-free bread with my soup because I saw they offered it on the menu. Yeah. When I asked for it, the waiter said, are you actually allergic? And I said, well, yes, I have celiac disease. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, you can't have it then because we cut it all, all on the same board. We store it all together with the normal breads. So we use all the same utensils. I guess the obvious <laughs> question people would ask so, from that yeah. is, um, why on earth are they bothering to sell it then? If well, it's clearly not actually... some people still buy it. I mean, there must be people ordering it who aren't celiac mm. as well. 
which you know it's kind of fair enough like I don't I don't necessarily mind if other people want to follow a gluten-free diet as mm. long as they're responsible about mm. what they say to waiters so that it doesn't backfire on me later doesn't that make your blood boil a bit when <laughs> just like you, you you see something labeled gluten-free you're like hooray I can eat yeah. here and then you realized it's gluten-free but it's not aimed at you well it's to be honest that's who... most of the time but yeah I mean I think really caterers need to be more responsible yeah they need to make sure they're following the law and if they are going to offer gluten-free make sure they label it correctly mm. Um, I mean, if they honestly can't provide a safe gluten-free option, consider buying in something pre-packaged like mm. a pre-made cake or a pre-made pie or just anything so that they can heat it up separately and it will be fine. Well, it, it's, it is just staggering to hear like how much preparation a lot of celiacs have to do just to be able to buy something from a shop or a bakery, not even necessarily to eat out. Um, I mean, yeah, and that's not the kind of thing you'd need to do if you're a, you know, no. bad dieter, um, which no. is why, I, well, if it were me, I would be incredibly frustrated. It, there's this hashtag on Instagram, like living your best life. Ugh, I'm going to use that for my plugging for the show. <laughs> hashtag living your best oh, life, see how many likes and follows oh. I get off it. Um, what do you say to the people who are still sceptical and write damning articles in unmentioned papers um cough the new statesman cough <laughs> <laughs> about celiac disease and how you're all faking it and how it's not really a thing and they would feed cake to a celiac child at their birthday i would tell them to go read a few articles on pubmed and shove it up their ass speak to a doctor <laughs> who's diagnosed um, it about it do you know what i mean yeah i think the article you were referring to obliquely, mm. um, there was a... I mean, it's a, it's a while ago It was now, a while yeah. ago. There was a columnist who, his name rhymes with uh, <laughs> Todd Middle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, he, he wrote this really shitty article about how he doesn't think that food allergies or celiac disease is real. Mm -hmm. And he, like, had he had a celiac child at his house and he, he thought it was really funny to feed them regular cake to see what happened. This guy, the certified uh, stomach doctor. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, so basically, to people like him who think it's all kind of a big joke, uh, I would just say, I don't know, have, have a look at yourself. Like, why, why are you so bothered about someone not eating a group of foods? It's amazing what bothers people. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's it, people do it because they have to, yeah. for the most part. And it's not easy. I'd much rather not have to eat a gluten-free diet. Yeah. What a lovely way I don't to... want to end on that note, though. <laughs> no, don't worry. Right, so we're going to have a little bit of fun. You, you, you've been listening to this as a show, haven't you? I have. So you've heard some of the topics we've brought up. Yes. Um, and what we've been discussing. So I'm going to ask you questions related to that, okay? Okay. Try and keep them quick if you can. But if you're really into it, you know, just, just go with it. Okay. Okay. Now, our topics were um, the weirdest shits you've seen in the supermarket. The weirdest shits? 
the, the weirdest shit stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what supermarkets are you shopping in? Uh, okay, I'll, um, I'll ask the question Yeah, we did again. that one. Okay, we'll do that first. So, Izzy, what's the weirdest thing you've seen? Well, it's not in a, just in shops in general. A weaving loom in Lidl. A weaving loom. In the weird shit aisle in Lidl. Okay, I get... It's one. It's like going back to the discussion we had. Why would you have that kind of thing in Lidl? I mean, Lidl has everything. Well, they have power tools. They have if power you tools. To episode one, they have power tools in Lidl. They have power tools. They have thermal underwear. They have Useful. horse riding gear. They have a weaving loom. Okay. But again, why would you buy that stuff in Lidl? Wouldn't you go to a special? Why not? Shop? Because it's probably cheap and nasty and doesn't work <laughs> properly. I don't know. Maybe it's great. We don't. We need to try it. Okay, so um, what is the best chain Italian restaurant go? Uh, I have a fondness for Pizza Express. Which me and Ian refer to as... Uh, Though sometimes the food can be a little mediocre. Mediocre is yeah. probably the word we use for it, yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it's also just kind of meh. <laughs> exactly! But sometimes it's all you want. All you want is a bit of meh. I mean, a we meal. could we could do that list again based on the gluten-free options, Ooh, couldn't we? Could try. Okay, next one. Uh, yeah, what's the best animal? Koala. Nice and so- short and sweet. Any reason why? They're cute. <laughs> okay, cool. What's the strangest thing you've seen on public transport? Ooh, a man clipping his toenails on the tube. I nearly vomed. <laughs> Lovely. Just openly? Did he look openly. you in the face as he was clipping his toenails? No shame. No shame? Yep. That's disgusting. I know. Okay. Um, and following on from the first ever hit list or shit, shit list segment, what is the worst or shittest game show? Ooh. Tipping point. It's literally Ooh. pennies. Just, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Actually, deal or no deal yes. is really annoying. Well, there you go. You see, that makes that that make that will make Ian feel really happy well, because the chipping point was number two, yeah. and dealing deal or no deal, yes, was number one. <laughs> it, deal or no deal is worse actually because because of Noel Edmonds, because of Noel Edmonds, <laughs> and also because of the kind of fake mysticism. But Noel Edmonds is just a bit strange and Do you annoying. You think deal or no deal would Clarity. be better if instead of money? coming out of the boxes like something really surprising happened and like maybe someone jumped up out of one of the boxes or like maybe there was a big poo in one of the boxes <laughs> i think i still wouldn't watch it because of noel edmonds but, um, <laughs> national treasure mm. right i tell you what let's let's wrap up the interview by plugging you so okay. tell me where we can find you where we can follow you where we can share you Okay, uh, my blog is glutenfreeinlondon.com. You can also find me on Instagram uh, at glutenfreeinlondon and on Twitter at IzzyWizzy, which is I-S-S-I-W-I-S-S-Y. You can also find me on Facebook at glutenfreeinlondonblog. But to be honest, I use Twitter and Instagram a bit more. Okay, let's sign off the interview. Ready? Say goodbye, Izzy. Bye. Bye.
Yes, and thank you very much, Izzy. That was a wonderful, informative interview. Ian, what did you think? Oh, yeah, it's a very interesting area, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Go for it, go for it. Yeah. What were you saying? You, you really enjoyed it? Yeah, as, as always, a very good interview. Um, Thank you. Yeah. As always. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting to see other people's perspectives on, on the world and, you know, what um, being a C <laughs> means. That was just vague enough a response. Well done. Yeah. Well, so we'll we'll go on to segment number two now, I guess, which was my topic. Now, I was trying to think of something we could bring up related to this topic but because we covered such a wide range of things in that interview it's really hard to pinpoint what we could do so i just went for what's your favorite celebrity okay very (laughs) generic and you know well we can make it specialty um yes it's interesting how some people kind of go a bit strange when they're celebrities um you know, when they're suddenly thrust into the limelight and how others kind of cope with it better. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I was going to mention, actually, was the rise of the uh, the internet celebrity, who are people oh, who are very, very, very famous yeah. in certain circles, like very, like, specific areas. And then in, like, walking down the street, no one knows who they are. You, you know what? I, I you, YouTube is a hive of this. Yeah, I, I know barely anything about YouTubers. Like, I can literally rattle off, like, a couple of names and I would know nothing about that person, what they do, because I do. I'm not yeah. the kind of person who watches famous YouTubers. You know what I mean? No, well, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't watch a, 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 any series of videos on YouTube. You know, because I'm watching an individual. It's more I'm searching for something you know specific. So I don't know. I'll be like, oh, I want to see a review of some game or something, or and I like youtube it and then well I, I have certain youtube channels i watch but like it's it's from people who aren't necessarily what you'd call youtube celebrity like they've got quite a few followers or they like are working for yeah. a bigger certain channel yeah. so you'll recognize faces and stuff but it's like the channel's not made especially for them no um and well, what's strange is that you don't you don't think of these people as celebrities in the same way as you think of, say, an actor or um, a movie, or um, you know, a movie, or a movie That's star, or a music not. star. But they, they kind of are. I mean, um, PewDiePie well, they, uh, has like ten million views per video. Like, can... That's ten million. Like that's probably what not ten does, million individuals. What does, but... You tell me. What does PewDiePie do? Because I know the name, but I couldn't tell you what the person looks like or what they actually do on YouTube. That's quite surprising, but. Um, he plays video games and does kind of ridiculous over-the-top reactions over them. Uh, makes weird noises. Reaction videos, I see. Yeah. yeah, it's not even a reaction video because he's he's playing the game. It's more of a let's play style thing. So reaction people watch videos. him playing the game. Yeah, th- there's so many people who who do that. Yeah. Um, the ones I've I've seen where people will literally play FIFA on their games console yeah. and open packs on the ultimate team. Mode. I have seen that. And yeah. that's a video and it will have like a million views yeah. and I don't understand it whatsoever. No, but it's, yeah, I mean, but it, in, in, in like some younger people's eyes, they are as much of a celebrity as mothers. So, um, yeah. Simon Cow can't stand him. Yeah. Well, I know any, he's, any, the, he's the pantomime villain, but yeah, any, oh, I just, hate uh, the Cheryl Cole, 
Um, I, I could I could go on forever about how much I hate the X Factor. It's just yeah, the awful. X Factor is awful. Um, if you watch it, you are awful, and I'm not. <laughs> I am not ashamed to say it on audio as well. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, it's an awful show. It's why it's still. It's just everything that's wrong with modern society. Um, I was thinking of celebrities um, who um, have come off reality TV. Um, yeah. who I normally despise. But there is actually one I don't mind, and you might be surprised to hear who it is. Okay. That is Alison Hammond. Oh, really? And why... I mean, I'm not... There's nothing about her which suggests she's not a lovely person. Well... why her particularly? Because she's actually... Like, because she works for um, This Morning now. Yeah. And she's actually a really good interviewer. Yeah. Like, she has her own unique style... Um, and like she, she gets a lot out of guests the way she does it because she puts them at ease and she has a laugh with them. Yeah. And she's actually brilliant because um, Harrison Ford is famously very hard to interview. Um, just it's his demeanor. It's how it's Harrison Ford. It's how he is. Um, and Alison Hammond, if you watch the interview um, with him and Ryan Gosling for the uh, new Blade Runner movie. Uh, it's brilliant because she does it in such a way that um, she actually makes Harrison Ford laugh, which is something amazing in itself. And like, she actually gets a good interview out of Harrison Ford. How interesting! Is... <laughs> How interesting! <laughs> Alison Hammond. Um, I, so I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. All well, the others are fucking irritating. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of good interviewers, um, I do quite like Louis Farouk, who is kind of partly made his name by kind of getting stuff out of celebrities. Yes. But really, at this point, is more of a celebrity himself. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, people love Louis Farouk. Yeah, um, um, which is funny actually because Louis Farouk's early stuff was he was such like he was lovable, but he was such an obnoxious little twat when he was a younger man. Like, uh, if you watch some of the uh, Weird Weekends, um, yeah, like the one with um, Anne Widdicombe, like. I'm not the biggest Anne Widdicombe fan, but he was so, like, obnoxious and quite rude to her unnecessarily. He kind of, like, takes advantage... Like, in the yeah. earliest stuff, he kind of took advantage of his, like, um, friendly demeanour mm. and was kind of, at the same time, kind of, um, I don't know, being a bit sarky and off with them. Yeah, yeah. But, like, somehow, like, he did it in such a way that they didn't see that, <laughs> if, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, he... Uh, if you want to know how weird Tom Cruise is, like, watch um, Louis Farouk's My Scientology movie. Yeah. Where there's a, there's a, like an excerpt from an interview of Tom Cruise where he just says the weirdest shit you've ever heard. Um, uh, a lot so of, yeah, a lot of big celebrities buy into Scientology, don't they? Um, especially in the states, it's very odd. Uh, Travolta, um, Isaac yeah. Hayes was I mean, a Scientologist. I mean, lots of people I like as well, <laughs> which yeah. is um, it just makes it. Who do you like? Who's a Scientologist? Um, well, Isaac Hayes would have been would have been an example. Um, uh, there was someone else, and I've forgotten who it was. Was it Travolta? Uh, it uh, maybe. Cruise? I mean, I don't have any Are particular be love for Travolta or Tom Cruise. Let's be honest. Um, I can't see. That's the thing. Tom Cruise. I can't take any film he's in seriously because Tom Cruise is in it. Um, Beck is a Scientologist. Is he? Yeah, apparently so. So, and it's like the most random people. <laughs> it's, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look this up as well. List of famous Scientologists. Yeah. 
we can we can go through if we like them or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If we go through the list. Um. Whilst you're doing that, um, I just watched another like really famous celebrity who I do really like, and that's uh, Mark Hamill. If you ever read his Twitter feed? Oh yeah, he's he's very good. And, and also, he just like doesn't give a shit. Like no, um, he really he doesn't. was slagging off. Um, he was kind of slagging off um, the Force Awakens, and he was being like, when he was doing a panel on it, saying like, I was looking for my part, and I was thinking, oh, this would be a good bit for Luke Skywalker to turn up, and then I don't, and then and he's like, <laughs> it's, it's like really funny. Okay, um, I've got a Wikipedia page of notable Scientologist celebrities. Yeah. Um, I'll read. I'll read the ones I recognise because a lot of them are probably more famous in America. Um, Kirstie Alley. Okay. Of Cheers fame. I think I knew that one. Yeah, I did know that one. Uh, yeah. Beck, as she said. Here's an interesting one. Nancy Cartwright. Oh, yes, I had heard that. Yeah, yeah. I... The voice of Bart Simpson. Yeah, and I do think... Um... <sighs> it's weird. Every time I read like a name of someone who I quite admire, and like, it makes my heart sink a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, God, yeah, okay. Um, Tom Cruise. Um, just trying to... There's Isaac Hayes. Some of these names I don't know. Um, nope, don't know who that is. Um, John Travolta. Of course. I, I mean, that's about it for the ones I recognise on there, think, really. Who do you think is the most famous Scientologist? It's got to be... Um, it's got to be Cruz. Yeah. Um, while we've been talking, I have been thinking of some celebrities I actually like, and I think it's very much... One, the definition of a celebrity is very much dependent on who you've heard of and who you kind oh, of totally. elevate. So, um, so I like um, Ray Davies, Ray Davies, because um, I really like the Kinks. Yeah. Um, I also like um, lots of other like famous sing, like, you know, like singers and, and musicians that you would. That yeah, admire, Elvis you know? Costello, I like. Uh, yeah. Um, but again, like George I mean, Harrison seemed like a nice fella, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, with things coming out in the media about, I, I'm worried to say that I like anyone. That is these true. days, you know, because yes. you know that something's just going to crush your view of them. Yeah. And then you can never watch or listen to. Um, I mean, like with the uh, the whole Kevin Spacey and yeah. Harvey Weinstein things, like... <sighs> there is an old saying, isn't there? Never meet your heroes because you're nearly always never watch, crushed by... Never watch the news then because <laughs> that's what happens. Well, that's true. But at least, at least until... And before so any, if nothing has come out, at least if you don't meet them, you know there's no risk of your, of I mean, your uh, opinion being crushed at all. Yeah, the Rolf Harris fan club must have been crushed. <laughs> Was there a Rolf Harris fan <laughs> I club? I don't know. But um, I mean, I'll never watch Animal Hospital again. That's for sure. <laughs> well, luckily, Animal Hospital doesn't seem to be broadcast anymore. Uh, probably no. for reasons like that. But I'm sure it was. Pro it probably used to turn up on UK Gold or something like that. Yeah, probably. Um, um, right, okay, let's, let's wrap this talk up before we start talking more about, um, yeah, you know, yeah. pedos. Um, so let's let's just throw a random name. Who's the best celebrity? Who's the worst celebrity? Okay, worst celebrity, David Van Day. <laughs> Even worse than Rolf Harris well, and Kevin Spacey. Excluding, exclu excluding obvious, obviously criminal it pieces of shit yeah okay <laughs> best celebrity 
Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator oh, of Super Mario. That's actually quite a good one. Uh, I'll choose a favourite and a least favourite. Now, least favourite, there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> there I, are I dislike so many people and so many things. Uh, the, I will say the worst... Um, fuck it. The, the worst is um, Simon Cow. Just because what You're he's... You're right, he is the worst. Just because of what he's done I... to society in general and he has done a lot to society and I, he has a lot to answer i for. do hate him yeah you're right um and unless he wants to appear on his co- podcast in which case he's the greatest person ever oh, i would love to get an interview with you simon i really love the x factor and all those other shitty shows you do yeah and who's number one? Oh, uh the best celebrity um um i'm gonna say peter crouch <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay, so, hit list or shit list? Yes, um, so this week's hit list or shit list, um, I was trying to think of a hit list, I really, really was, but apparently I am way more cynical um, than well, I it's just like me with the celebrities, like, I can think of loads <laughs> I dislike, and um, I had to come up with Peter fucking Crouch as my favourite celebrity of all time. Yeah, um, I would highly recommend, if anyone listening, to check out a website, which I've frequented quite a lot over the years, actually. YouTube.com. No, it's called um, adturds.com. Um, it's basically this guy. I think he's, I don't know if he's like a former ad executive of some sort or he like worked in advertising, but he basically just reviews adverts. Okay. Um, some of them, most of them are bad because most adverts are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've put together five um, terrible adverts. Some of them go back in the past a fair bit, but um, some of them are uh, I'm quite sure people modern. will remember them. I mean, not all adverts are bad, but there are lots of bad adverts, for, and especially for some very specific companies. Okay. So let's go through... So are we going five to one as usual? Five to one as usual. It's not really in any particular order, okay. but I do um, think the ones um, uh, lower down the list are... Uh, I, I kind of want to see this, so we'll, we'll play it for the people at home, but yeah. uh, I want to... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I just see what it is. It's number five. Well... That's right, it's this strange flash ad. <laughs> for toilet cleaner or whatever it is. <laughs> starring a singing dog. Describe for the people at home what we just witnessed. <laughs> well, it's just like a dog wandering around a house singing about. <laughs> Singing, <laughs> singing about bathroom cleaner um, to the theme of um, the Flash Gordon theme tune. And... Why? Do you know what? When, I mean, I, I actually uh, reminded you of this advert earlier. And the reason I find it so baffling is because the words that the dogs sing sound... They don't even go with the tune he's singing. Like, you think of it. Think of the original words. Flash, ah, saviour of the universe. Where, eh, eh, has, has all the mud gone? <laughs> it doesn't even work. Well, there's not enough syllables. There's not enough. Oh, my giddy arm. I just, I just think, you know, it's that old adage, isn't it? You know, if all else fails, we'll use a talking dog. <laughs> a talking dog. I don't know. Did I, did I, did I, bring, the, did I bring this up? Um, in a previous episode, maybe one, but we lost to the annals of time when we we were re-recording episode two about a thousand times. But the yeah. one with the uh, 
Is it clearscore.com, the one with the talking dog? I'm sure I told you about Maybe, that one. Maybe, I don't know. That's an example of a good talking dog in an advert. <laughs> yes, this is an example of a bad talking <laughs> dog. I don't just... know what else we can really say on it, to be uh... honest. I'm, t- I'm tempted just to move straight on to number four, but have you got any other thoughts on, on, <laughs> on the talking... singing dog? I think I've made my thoughts perfectly clear. This is an advert that I've never actually watched. I just keep on hearing it in the background when I'm doing other things. And it's obviously stuck in my head because I recognise it instantly. But I didn't realise there was, you know, I don't know. Let's go on to the next one quick. Go on to the next one. Okay, number four. Okay, um, this next one is evidence of what happens when you fill your advert with swaggering... Cox. <laughs> so why can't all the good things in life come without downsides? Like girlfriends without the five-year plan. Yeah, or workmates without the work. Yeah. Yeah, or bras without the fumbling. So this is when um, Coca-Cola tried to jump on the Pepsi Max, let's have a diet drink for men fad. <laughs> yes. But, like, 15 years too late. That's exactly what Coke Zero is, isn't it? Like, it's a... It's a, a... A diet drink and for swaggering cocks who yeah. think they're too... Uh, that it's not manly enough to drink diet coke? I, I, I guess. And I don't understand why you need to be like a real blokish twat to uh, drink Coke Zero, but apparently you do. I mean, this is the kind of advert that would probably get banned now or it's, like loads of complaints at least it's very mid to so i'm just looking at like when the video was put on youtube and it was like uh in 2006 so it's actually like 12 nearly 12 years old bloody hell or 11 years old um getting old yeah um and it's just a bunch of like blokes swaggering walking cops, the yeah. streets chip drinking coke zero and then for some reason their friends keep appearing <laughs> and they discuss all of the you know Things which are really annoying about life, and apparently um, you can equate um, girlfriends and five-year plans with um, a, a drink that has no sugar, soda, soda drinks without sugar. Yeah, <laughs> okay. And then a massive banner un- unfurls on some skyscraper. I mean, as a you know, as an avid supporter of Dr Pepper, I shouldn't really be talking. I'm an absolute hypocrite because I am a Dr Pepper addict. But still, they're, they're an evil company. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's all I have to say about Coke. Really. Okay. Um, so the next three, um, the, the top three, all share one key element um, in common. Yeah. But here comes uh, number three. Fellas, you're so money supermarket. But who's the most epic? <laughs> 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 that kind of made it. <laughs> I didn't know that bit was coming. Um, you this just... advert makes me fucking wretch. Does it it's, really make you wretch? Or I was actually well. It might be a bit of a, a hyperbole, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. This okay. I don't know. Yeah, describe to the people what we just saw. We saw um, a man with hot pants on. Uh, having a dance-off with some building constructor worker who was a portly building constructor worker. A portly gentleman, yes. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's the those uh, money s- supermarket adverts. Mm. Now, I, sp- I chose this specific one okay. because this is where... Um, this is something that I often see in advertising where 
they'll they'll hit on something and it'll be a popular advert that comes out of nowhere and people are talking about it and they're thinking this is getting people excited about our products we need to make more adverts exactly the same yeah and well, the first one may have had a degree of charm about no, it. No, yeah, yeah. I've got to stop you there. The first one didn't have any charm. Well, I didn't think it did, but some people did. i tell you who did. Children did. Like, children see a funny dancing man and they find... A funny dancing bald man in hot pads and they find it hilarious. Yeah, That's I crazy. mean, children don't buy um, car insurance. That's oh. the fucking thing. So, <laughs> wh- so why are they making these fucking adverts? <laughs> because there is... You're advertising an inherently dull product, which no one is really that interested in. So they try extra hard. Do you know what? It's like when energy companies um, try really hard to make you love them, but no one loves their energy company. Who loves an energy company? You know- so the adverts try and overcompensate by having an orangutan or a penguin in it. Or something. I I don't know what you've got up as the um the top two, but yeah. at the moment for me, I can't think of a worse advert than these. Like. That's quite a strong opinion. I really dislike these adverts. It's just, again, it's going back to that X Factor thing we were talking about earlier. Including- it's the Simon Cowell. Um, it's what Simon Cowell has done to society. <laughs> I don't it's, think he's done quite he's, that. It's this. It's much. this kind of thing we find amusing. It's these kind of celebrities we find amusing, and I it's think, utter garbage. I think idiots would find these things amusing That's anyway. That's the thing. Why? Oh. Okay, I'm going to go on a tangent and a rant here, but why are we in a society that celebrates mediocrity so much? Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, you can... Think of the mediocre celebrities we have. Just think of them. It's because life's hard and people need something fuzzy to like. You can be... I don't know. You can be famous for the fact that you amused a few idiots on television. Like in a reality TV program, and you yeah. can make a career off it. It just fucking annoys me. Get a, get a bloody talent and like, David. This man is talented. He can dance, and he has a funny ass. That's probably CGI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I'm sure that that poor man. He's going to be forever known for that, and he's probably uh, he he's loves probably it, a, no. He's probably a jobbing actor. I reckon who's, he loves it. Well, he probably is now because he probably made a ton of money off those adverts. But yeah, he's was probably a jobbing ad, uh, jo- jobbing actor who you know, and that's his reputation now. He could have made it maybe one day. We don't know. I've never heard him speak. He could have been a brilliant actor for all I know. But instead, he's famous for this. He's famous for an advert where he's wearing hot pants and shakes his ass with a stocky guy who's dancing on a pole in a multi-story car park for some strange reason <laughs> i don't know why why is there a builder and a businessman in hot pants dancing in a multi-story car park um because that where else makes me dance? furious move on he got served <laughs> move so on. This makes one, me furious so number two is the perfect example i think of an advert that is really trying to hit on something and thinks it is trying to be funny and trying to be ironic, but is failing. Okay. Um, on every level. Go check them out without a doubt. They're right This is G O D, whatever his character's called. Yeah, Ian. The, the singing Go Compare Man. So tell me what exactly they were hitting on there, because to so, me that's just another garbage price comparison website. Well, it is. is, And again, it makes me so cynical because they're basically. I know all adverts are doing it. They're basically making something fun to take your hard earned money. I mean, that's what adverts do. But it's something. I don't know. With these price comparison sites, it feels particularly cynical and nasty to me. (laughs) I don't know if there's anything nasty necessarily about it, but there is something cynical about it. 
Um, this is obviously a reaction to because um, I think the Go Compare adverts before were. Um, it, I don't know. The, no, this was this was their reaction to Compare the Meerkat. Yes, was exactly. It not? Yeah, and um, so their adverts originally went up against Compare the Meerkat. I can't remember what they were. They were very. I think I can't. Remember, I have no idea. I think they had like celebrity endorsements or something, mm-hmm. and then they thought, oh, Compare the <laughs> Meerkat.com has got these like cute cute fuzzy characters who are borderline racist russian stereotypes um (laughs) (laughs) so we need to kind of get on that like quirky crazy advert dollar so they created this annoying singing guy singing go compare and it just doesn't work on any level and but the worst adverts of these are the ones where he's with the bloody the cab driver ones, where the cab driver <laughs> is gushing about how amazing Go Compare is, and I can't quite tell if you're supposed to take his gushing praise seriously, or, or if, if or if GoCompare.com are laughing at you. Yeah, or they're trying to laugh at you, but yeah. they're failing because no, it's just shit. I mean, I guess it it does kind of so it does kind of service the second um, point of having an advert, and that's making it annoying and it sticks in your head. <laughs> But it, all it makes me do is never ever want to use Go Compare ever. I can't believe how like I never thought that this this subject would make me fume so much, but it really has. I mean, think of the start of when we started this. How I was pitting myself with laughter at that singing dog, <laughs> yeah. and now look where the, we've come. The singing dog seems quite now, I just, innocent. I've just seen on your screen what your number one is going to be. Yeah, and it's it actually surprises me a bit. But let's, let's, let's play it. It's just for pure annoyance factor. I'm not making a moral judgment here. Now, <laughs> midway through that, I... <laughs> obviously, people wouldn't see, but I had to turn my head away and start cracking up because there was something I just wouldn't it didn't expect. And it was the cartoon shirtless muscle man (laughs) and i don't know what it was about him but it was just so funny so these are the old confused.com adverts with this strange woman character with like strange strands of hair what i find really weird about it is like and it's kind of linking into the uh the topless man element is the weird sexualization of it. The cartoon so characters, like, yeah. So there's a bombastic, bootylicious woman in it who has gigantic breasts. The, yeah. Which just bounce everywhere. And you're like, this is a TV advert. And then the main a character... cartoon, yeah. Yeah, and then the main character seems to like pull money out of her vagina area. <laughs> she, <laughs> she literally pulls money out of her vagina <laughs> yeah, in this video. Like, what the fuck is going on? Do you on? know what? I don't think a lot of... I'll tell you why I found this an unusual choice for your number one, because I don't think a lot of people... I, I I didn't remember this advert until you brought it up. I don't yeah. think it's very memorable. So it surprises me, but it's your... Like, you've put it as number one as the one... Yeah. Just, just the top of the shit list. Yeah. Um, and, Maybe, like, did Confuse.com even exist anymore? I'm sure... Yeah, I, never, I'm, I haven't heard anything from... I'm pretty sure it does, yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know what their current commercials it's, are like. It's quite an oversaturated market now. It's I guess, a very it? oversaturated so, market. Um, what makes this worse than, say, the other four in the top five? It's just the degree to which it irritates me. <laughs> and I find Why does it irritate annoying. you so much? I, I I think there's other singing in adverts and other adverts with more annoying things in them. You know what? I think my memory of its annoyingness outweighs... It must have really, like... Because I was going to say, I, I 
before you brought it up, I'd completely forgotten this advert from yeah. my mind. There must have been something when you saw it. I mean, what year was this uploaded? This video? Like, oh, um, oh, I don't know actually. Um, but it's it's, it's it must have been something that really thing. It must so. have been something, but like really shook a teenage slash early twenties you to the core, <laughs> like yes. which. For it's some reason, just... everybody else missed. Maybe that's what it's like for me in the X Factor. Maybe there's something I'm missing, or it's just like not that important. Maybe. Um, uh, I, I, I think this. Conf- I think it's more the weirdness of it than anything else. It's just very weird. You I don't really understand. hate this advert. They persisted with them for fucking ages as well. But I don't remember them persisting. Like they seem to be around for a bit, and then they just left in my memory. Like. Mm. Um, yeah, from like from listening to your top five, I can honestly say that number three was definitely out of those the one that I think is the shittest. Yeah, and that's if I got my numbers right, that's the dancing, the dance off people. That is correct. Yes, I think those are shiter. Fair enough. Um, this is not necessarily a list for modern viewers is it really it's um, no i mean it's just i'm just it's just recording the past few years um i mean again adverts are it's, it's this is kind of like television now and a lot of people see their adverts and they skip them on like yeah i mean that's the thing ignore them or so on youtube i keep on getting adverts for um trading 212 for some yeah. reason and trading 212 adverts are about five minutes long yeah and i just skip they? them and oh then my God. generally they say go on skip this ad and yeah. i just think okay right, i'll skip it <laughs> i don't want to watch your advert i i really hope that uh people correspond about this um because i'd be really interested to see what like i mean it's not the most important topic in the world but like because i think there's so many adverts through that have been around since the dawn of television yeah and be really interesting <clears> to see what really stuck in people's memories as annoying or that they liked yeah um, um another, another thing with the um if you know some of the worst adverts are all price comparison websites yes um and that's because they don't have a product to sell they have a boring website which they need to try and jazz up yeah and it means they make annoying adverts out of them so well yeah i mean those again i mean those ad those um companies probably make a lot of their money through uh, i guess individual insurance companies paying to put themselves on it and through advertisers themselves probably yeah. so it's it's a big uh, it's a vicious circle um but there you go um okay we've been going forever <laughs> so we should probably wrap up <clears throat> yes um let's just plug all of the social media like we did last time and hopefully yep. on the next episode we'll have some more emails and comments to read out maybe so you can email us at this is a show 29 at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter and leave comments on there with the address at this is a show 29 you can also follow us on instagram at this is a show 29 and search this is a show on facebook on facebook (laughs) and also don't forget to search for us on itunes this is a show obviously i mean you're already listening yeah hopefully if not um subscribe through there and leave a review uh leave reviews is the most important thing we need reviews yeah so we are currently on soundcloud but for how much longer we don't know we are on mixcloud and we will eventually be on acast as well 
Yeah, coming. By the time this episode's out, actually. Coming soon, yes. Um, and don't forget to, once you have listened to us on those formats, share us with as many people as you can. So if you have social media, follow us and then share it with everyone else so that they can also follow and start listening as well we are desperate for attention so we yes. need attention we need reviews we need those five star ratings which yeah. by the way is currently our rating on itunes yes so thank you very much for anyone who did give us a rating on itunes we are a five star podcast yes. it's official you cannot take that away from yes. us even if it goes down in the future we were once a five star we were podcast, once a five star podcast which counts so right so let's wrap it up then yeah so I would like to say a special thanks to Izzy Gain of glutenfreeinlondon.com. Um, again, who I have absolutely no prior connection to, and you can't prove otherwise. Well, you probably can, but still. Yeah. Um, anyone else we've got to thank? Um, I don't know. The wonderful world of advertising the and one, celebrity. <laughs> the wonderful world of celebrity. Thank you to Tom Cruise. Um, and yeah, thank you to you, Ian. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for listening. Uh, thank you to anyone I've forgotten I'm sorry and we can now well and truly say that that was a show